Hey friends, and welcome to a new episode of the Daily Jenny Podcast with your host, Jenny Angerman. I'm covering all the life lessons and advice I wish I told my younger self. Whether you're just starting out in your career or a working woman looking to start a family, I'm spilling all the tea on things that aren't on the highlight reel of societal norms. So let's sit back, relax, and let's get uncomfortable. to episode five of the Daily Journey podcast and I honestly can't even believe that we're already halfway through season two. I know I probably say this every time but this is honestly the best hobby that I've ever picked up. Like honestly I've met so many new friends all over the world. Random strangers have been reaching out telling me their stories and how they found my page and it helped them feel less alone and it just really like fills my whole cup so much to be able to create this community and connect with people on such a deep level, especially over the, over the internet. Um, it's wild, but you know, I've been loving it and it's been great for me, um, for my mental health and you know, all those good things. Um, so for this week's episode today actually marks the five months post-surgery for me for endometriosis and a number of other things, which I'll get into on February 11th. Um, and I haven't done a full episode on this yet, so what a better time, right? Um, but Let's just backtrack a bit and I'll give a brief history, um, you know, to see where we got to today. Um, my husband and I have been trying to conceive since July of 2018. Crazy, it's been three years. But anywho, once I got off birth control, that's really when the symptoms of endometriosis were gradually getting worse and worse every month, like to the point where I was like mostly in bed with a heating pad in so much pain because it was just so bad and it was really affecting my quality of life and if you are not aware of what the symptoms of endometriosis is here's just the list for you right now so symptoms include painful periods irregular periods fatigue painful sex back pain infertility nausea brain fog pain with bowel movements or urination depression anxiety and bloating so while this doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have all of these. Some people actually don't have any symptoms but still have endometriosis, but just want to give a recap of the symptom list in case you have any of these and feel like, you know, something may be up and you want to get checked out. So for me, specifically the back pain and the abdominal pain is what was the worst, where it felt like I was literally having like barbed wire scraped through my insides while also being stabbed at the same time. So certainly not ideal. Um, but for years, you know, my gynecologist, which I've now switched, had been telling me that like that type of pain is normal, which makes absolutely no sense, but that's near here nor there. And this was, this pain was certainly worse on my period, but most days, even outside of that, I had a lot of that pain that was affecting my day-to-day life. Like my quality of life was not just like up moving around like it had been pre getting off birth control. So If you do want to hear more about how it affected my day-to-day life and also kind of what happened in between from when we started going down the route of surgery, I do talk about that more in season one, episode three, if you do want to check that out. Really leading up to the surgery, to say I was terrified is an understatement. We decided to go the surgery route in October of 2020, and then my surgery date was February 11th of 2021. So I really had a lot of time to think about this and build it up a lot in my head, and specifically with endo because the true diagnosis is through laparoscopy. All they could really tell us is like they would just see when they opened me up. So that's a little unnerving (laughs) and this is also on top of it being my first surgery ever so I was just very unwell about the situation entirely. 
I didn't really have much to prepare for based off, you know, what they told me. I didn't know if I would be released that same day or multiple days. And there was also kind of this kind of worst case scenario where because they thought that I had endo wrapped around my bowels, the worst case scenario would be that I would have to have bowel reconstruction and I may have to have a coloscopy bag for a few months and then a second surgery um, for them to go back in. So it was just a lot for me to understand, especially because I used to just be able to do whatever I want. I had never really had any health problem. So to have all this kind of piled on really weighed on me and was really kind of a tough pill to swallow, literally a tough pill to swallow. But um, so you can imagine my angst during this time because you know, pretty active, now 30 year old, I was really just beside myself over this news. And it was just shooting my anxiety through the roof. And there really wasn't anything I could do except wait. So I tried to prepare as best as possible because that's really just the type of person I am overly prepared. So I worked on my packing list. I tried to read as many articles of others who have gone through this similarly, just to get as much information as I could to understand a little bit of what I may be going through, even though I know, you know, everyone's different, um, but really just get as much info as I can during this time. Um, from a work perspective, I tried to get a lot of my projects completed or, you know, near complete so no one would have to cover too much. I really just wanted to make sure that this was as seamless as it could possibly be from what I could control. So I'll talk briefly about the packing list here. Because I didn't know if I was going to be staying overnight or not, we did just pack an overnight bag. So if I was going to stay, my husband could just grab it from the car and bring it up to me. So some of the things that I packed, um, I did go in wearing loose clothing, but I also packed loose clothing. Um, you don't want anything like too tight or form-fitting because that you'll have a lot of bloating and it'll hurt your incisions. So loose clothing is the way to go. I packed a heating pad. I packed some water, Gatorade, um, pads. One thing that they told me after surgery is nothing, you know, in the vagina for 12 weeks, so no tampons even. Um, I, I heard that the bloating could be really bad, so I did pack some Gas-X just in case I needed it. Um, fuzzy socks, always, don't even need to explain that. Phone charger, toothbrush, toothpaste, a pillow for the car ride home. I actually put that in between myself and the seatbelt just because the pressure from the seatbelt was too much, so the pillow helped to give it a little of a buffer antibacterial soap. So one thing that they do specifically tell you is after surgery, you don't want to use any soaps with like fragrance or other additives. So I literally just bought like a bar of soap and had been using that for until it was gone. So a couple months I, I used that. Um, peppermint tea, soft foods to have at home, like applesauce, eggs, pudding cups, jello, just really super easy things. Um, hairbrush, hair ties, slippers, that's probably optional. That's probably a preference thing. Um, deodorant, hand sanitizer, extra mask because, you know, COVID. So that's what I had in my packing list. I tried to keep it as minimal as possible. We also aren't too far from the hospital, like 20, 25 minutes. So if Andrew did have to run home and get me something else, it was fine and would have been easy for him to do. The other thing that I do want to mention that we bought, but that I didn't necessarily pack to from the hospital was we got like a little like food tray thing. So it could easily be used so I can eat in bed sitting up, but also doubles for the bath. So I still need to try that out, but I am super excited that I got that for myself. Leading up to the surgery, about two weeks out is when we started, like we'll call it our like communication tour. So 
some of our family was aware of my surgery. Like, I think my mom and my grandma knew, but most did not. And while I know this isn't like open heart surgery, it still is a major surgery and was my first surgery. So we just felt like we should let the family know. And I'm actually so glad that we did because they were nothing but supportive. I mean, they're always supportive, but they were super supportive for this. They checked on Andrew and I um, every day on surgery and after just to make sure like if we needed anything, see how we're doing, things like that. And Andrew's brother and wife even came to stay with us over the weekend. My surgery was on a Thursday, so they came in Friday through the weekend or maybe they came Thursday, I don't know. But um, to help out with things at at the home and also with the dogs, because again, just since we didn't know if I was going to be there multiple days or not, it really just helped with our peace of mind. So if Andrew was going kind of back and forth, he would just know that the dogs were taken care of because you guys know that the dogs are basically our babies. So even during surgery, we have to prioritize them. Literally the day before surgery, you do have to do a little bit of prep. Um, They basically want you like as clean as a whistle. So I had my last meal on Tuesday, 7-9 in the evening. And then Wednesday, I had to do like this bowel prep cocktail. And that sucked, but I didn't end up eating again until Friday. So I do love to eat. So this was tough. And I'll just tell you right now that I was absolutely starving. But um, yeah, that was that was interesting to do. But at least, you know, I made it through. I was very nervous about that too. I'm like, how can I not eat for like almost four days? But I survived. You will too, I promise. Um, so I had my surgery at the UPMC McGee in Pittsburgh. That's where I'm at. And I cannot say enough great things. Although I personally felt like a hot mess because I was just a ball of anxiety and nerves. They had everything leading up just very well organized. They were able to answer all my questions when I called. They sent like a full packet that had like a bunch of instructions, a link to a video kind of explaining the process of the surgery a little bit more. And I don't know, they just had a very good like bedside manner, if you will. So it helped ease a lot of my nerves going into the surgery itself because like the surgery portion, I felt like, you know, they got it. So for the surgeries itself, I had four different surgeries. I had a proctoscopy, a myoectomy, a cystectomy, and then laparoscopy, excision of endometriosis. So a lot happening. When we went in the day of, you, they'll tell you the time to go in. Um, just a heads up, I don't know if this is standard for all hospitals, but they didn't actually tell me what time to come in for surgery until the day before. So that was another like odd thing, but it ended up being fine. But once we got there, and they call this back. Just be prepared to state your name and birthday one million times. I think it's great that they do it, but I think I said it literally a hundred times there. And then we were in a pre-op room and they gave me like a number of like various like medicines and stuff. They put my IV in and then lots of people were coming in and out to just explain a lot of different things. So the anesthesiologist came in and introduced himself and kind of talked me through like, you know, how that works, all that stuff. Cause you know, again, never done this before, didn't know what to expect. The surgeon and his team came in and talked through all of the procedures, which this is very important to pay attention to because during this time I did ask a question about something that we had discussed in a prior visit and on the spot they adjusted the surgery plan. And for me specifically, this is for endomyosis, which is similar to endometriosis, but in a previous discussion we talked about like wedging it 
to cut a lot of it out but couldn't get all of it because it is in the lining of my uterine wall so um, they added that in last minute which was great and I honestly felt like kind of silly asking because obviously I'm no doctor but I'm so glad that I did because it was left off my chart so that was something really important and just again just goes to show how important it is to be able to ask questions and advocate for yourself one thing that did kind of suck was Andrew was alone in the hospital during this time and it was on his birthday so it was such a great present for him to be waiting around for me to have surgery but you know typically in like non-COVID times he could have had family or even a friend since we don't have family specifically in Pittsburgh to kind of like keep him company for the day while I was in surgery so that wasn't fun but they did give Andrew kind of the special ID number for me so he could watch on like this giant monitor that showed what stage I was at so that was kind of nice so he didn't have to like keep going up to the nurse station being like hey like what's going on things like that he was able to kind of see on there so with my surgery, they had estimated three hours, but it ended up taking five and a half, six hours. And that was a lot. Um, my surgeon actually said this was one of the worst cases of endometriosis he's seen in a very long time. So this really ended up just being a big F you to the two previous gynecologists that completely dismissed me when I told them about my symptoms because it's completely crazy that I have stage four anything but when I was actually like the day of surgery, I actually felt pretty calm. I had a lot of time to think about this, but I knew like this was kind of the right move for us. And we were finally going to get some answers as to why my body was essentially attacking me. So I was actually like in a weird way excited for the surgery, even though I was still terrified about like having surgery, anesthesia, you know, all that stuff. So when we went in, we we're actually like in the operating room. The anesthesiologist told me to count to five. And to be honest, I don't even think I made it to past two. I was out like a light and I don't even really recall waking up in the triage room because I don't even remember like what it looked like. All I remember is I just kept asking the nurse like, where's my husband? Where's Andrew? So they probably thought I was annoying and crazy. But I just wanted to know where he was at and make sure he was okay. Um, so once I got to my room, I tried to be a hero and climb myself into bed. It was not smart of me um, because I completely reaped, ripped open one of my incisions. So like my whole stomach was like bleeding and I ripped out one of my IVs. And this is actually at the very same time when Andrew came into my room and he's like, what is happening? Because there were nurses all over trying to clean me up, give me a new gown, you know, all these things so hot mess express but once I was settled it was fine I just felt very overwhelmed I remember there there was a lot of emotions and pain and a lot of drugs kind of hitting me all at once so I think that's probably why I was so overwhelmed lots of tears were happening from me Andrew said I was just trying to like chat with him and just like hang out and he was telling me like you need to sleep like this isn't hangout time so I don't know I was just being weird I suppose yeah, I did end up staying one night. They found endo in my rectum, pelvis, left ovary. My tube was a bit smashed because of the endo. They also removed fibroids, cysts, and then wedged the endomyosis that I mentioned earlier. So just a very tangled web. And they wanted me to stay just to ensure like I was able to like pass gas, use the bathroom okay, since they did a lot of work on my bowels. That was definitely a concern of theirs. So one thing that you'll definitely want to prepare for that I had to certainly prepare for is asking for help. 
Typically, I try to do it all. This is not a time where I could do anything. I literally couldn't even get myself out of my own bed. I needed help kind of walking around for the first time, things like that. And all of the incisions I had four total are like right on like my stomach, pubic hairline. So just very central to any movement essentially. But the nursing staff was so great helping me like if I I tried to call them as minimal as possible but they checked on they check on you like every hour because it's either like vitals meds something else where so they check on you quite frequently to make sure that you're good but even like when I came home like Andrew was an amazing nurse he was so great to help me get in and out of bed Um, I did need assistance like showering and getting dressed kind of that first day and he made me lots of cheesy eggs because that's really all I could stomach the first few days But I ended up taking two weeks off from work, but honestly, I wish I took the full four weeks that I was offered because while I was able to get up, move around, and shower myself after a few days, the amount of fatigue I had was insane. And even before surgery, like fatigue wasn't my main symptom. Um, It was the back pain and the abdominal pain. But in those two weeks, like I took so many naps. I just, it was very tough to kind of keep my eyes open. Um, in addition to the naps in between, I watched a lot of Netflix. I read a 500 page book, The Nightingale, would recommend. Um, I'm a slow reader, so don't judge me that it took a long time. But um, I just laid down a lot. Like I just needed a ton of rest. And I wasn't, I mean, obviously I wasn't working during that time, but I think I, I think I ended up waiting the end of a full month to go back to spin just because I was nervous about it because while outwardly I felt okay like I like inwardly like I didn't know how I was healing I was just really nervous about it so I kind of just would go and like pedal along and even just in day-to-day life I was just doing the minimal because honestly that's really all I could handle just because I was so tired all the time and The doctor even said to just try to walk a bit further than the day before. So I would literally just walk around my kitchen island and do laps that way and be like, oh, cool, I did like three laps today. And like, that was a good day for me. So I just tried to do a little bit more and more until I felt comfortable being able to go to spin class and go on longer walks again and things like that. And then really, luckily during this time when I was at home, um, Andrew works at home too. So he was around like if I really needed anything. So even when I went back to spin, I was not 100%. I really only now am starting to feel back to my normal and get my full strength back. So I know everybody's different, but just go easy on yourself. And if you need rest, just know that that's totally okay. And honestly, since being working at home too, we just really aren't moving around as much like we did. Like we're not commuting. We're not walking around downtown, like, you know, to and from like our desk to chat with people go to lunch, you know, around the office, things like that. Like we're just at our house. So I honestly feel like if my life was like the same as pre-COVID, I may have recovered sooner, but that's not how the cookie crumbles. So we are, we had a slow recovery and that's okay. One thing having surgery and really this illness has taught me is that it's okay to say no. I'm typically such a people pleaser and I say yes to everything and I try to like do everything with everybody, but this has actually allowed me to prioritize myself, which is new territory for me, but I've been loving it. I kind of told myself when we decided to go the surgery route and pause our infertility treatments, like 
this is something that I need to do so I can be ready and able to have a baby. And if I'm not at my best health, then I wouldn't be able to be my best for my family, let alone a baby. So that really kind of helped me like rationalize it. And I'm glad that we didn't proceed with the fertility treatments back in October because they probably wouldn't have worked. Like it sounds like it was just a mess down there. So they needed to clean me up. But surgery allowed the doctors to go in, clean everything out. And they're actually feeling much more optimistic about us getting pregnant moving forward, which is, is great news. And even on top of that, I'm no longer having pain every day. And even better than that, I just had my second period post-surgery and I didn't need to break out my heating pad once. I am completely floored at how different I feel. I feel like I've actually gotten my like pre-endo life back in a lot of ways and this disease is not something that's weighing me down or taking over my body completely. So I know surgery in general is super scary, but this ended up being a really great experience for me. Like. I know I had so much anxiety and built up in my head, but um, the team of doctors were so great. My family, my husband, Andrew especially, has been so great. A lot of friends have been awesome. This is, I didn't mention this in the episode, but the week before my surgery, my friends came over and surprised me for just like a little hangout and brought me like a little gift basket and stuff of things post-surgery, like bath stuff, books fuzzy socks, hair ties, things like that. So it was just just really sweet. And if you are feeling alone, I encourage you to, you know, find a couple of people in your circle that you are able to talk to. The support going through this will help you keep going um, and you'll feel less alone, which is something that is really important to me. And I was really nervous about opening up like, and I I don't really know why I can't put a pin in it specifically, but it's um, just been really great all the support and love that that we've gotten and hopefully this is what we need to get us pregnant moving forward so that's my update for today Um, i appreciate everybody that sent in questions to help kind of form this episode Um, if you have any other questions you know where to find me but if not until next time have a great day everybody Thanks for listening to the Daily Jenny podcast. If you have a topic or a question you'd like me to discuss, feel free to email me at thedailyjennypodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on the gram at the Daily Jenny podcast. You can listen to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and I would love it if you gave a rating, left a review, or subscribed. Until next time.